Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. We are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and threads for more great Titans content. This is the Super Bowl content, but we got to thank our sponsors before we officially get it going here. On this Monday, uh, Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by seeing them in Lebanon or online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash atoz. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the mid-state in Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. They're online at krebskubota.com. 25-22, the final score. Shout out BetMGM. The over closed at 47 and a half. And you hit 47 in overtime. No extra point is needed because it was a walk-off touchdown. Uh, so that's where we begin here as a an epic finish, the second overtime Super Bowl ever. And it was pretty damn close to a second overtime, <clears throat> which is what a CBS official joked about this past week in Las Vegas leading up uh, to uh, this Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Niners. Chiefs win three out of four Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes, 28 years old, already has three under his belt. Uh, the inevitable was Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Zach. He didn't play that great early, made some big plays late, used his legs when he had to, and uh, here you are. The new GOAT is on his way to uh, maybe threatening Tom Brady here. Well, I want to clarify. It's five years, right? So you had you had the Rams and the Bucks in between. So it's not four, but they did three out of five, which is impressive in its own right. And you know, this is a dynasty, whatever you want to say. The Chiefs have been in it year after year. They're always good. They have the best quarterback at the best time, and he makes plays. And you know, I think this will be a theme, at least for me this morning, is you've got to Beat the best if you are going to be the best. That is a saying for a reason, especially in sports and especially in championship games. And the 49ers could not do that. You've got to go take the championship. They are not going to give it to you. And you've seen time after time, you know, when the Chiefs get the ball down three, down six, down seven, and I'll I'll go back to, and you're probably like, all right, Zach, stop talking about this. But I'll go back to the Titans' issues over the last several years is when they're down by six or seven points with under a minute left and a timeout left, their best player is not their quarterback, has been their running back, Derrick Henry, and their best player is on the sideline. That's not the case for the Chiefs. Their best player has the ball in his hands every single play, and what did you see on fourth downs? What did you see on key third downs? Patrick Mahomes, and look, Tony Romo said a lot of things and it yeah, was kind I'll of annoying a lot of times. <laughs> but yes. one thing that I will give Tony some credit, he did call Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa uh, a number of times. But at the end, Romo got this right. Patrick Mahomes is going to get the ball. You're not going to hand off to Pacheco in the crucialest moment you may hand off to Pacheco on third down or second down or short yardage but they put Mahomes with the decision and he had an option for Kelsey your second best player and so Andy Reid who 
doesn't get, I mean, he gets a lot of credit, right? Because they're connected. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey takes up the, the internet space, but mm-hmm. Andy Reid knows how to put his best players in the positions to thrive. And we saw that last night and the chiefs come away and get another championship. I think we're all worn yeah. down. That's just how it goes, but they earned it. The chiefs won that game and they took it from them. We'll talk about the nuances of overtime, but man, there's another uh, Super Bowl ring for a young quarterback that's trying to chase Tom Brady. Well, and you look at the two key plays on that Chiefs game-winning overtime drive. It's the fourth and one you just mentioned. Brilliant play call. It was perfect, right? You set up options. Uh, you you keep the ball in your best player's hand to let that guy make a play. And then the touchdown to McCall Hardman uh, was also very similar. Basically, the same type of motion. Uh, that Andy Reid called up last year in the Super Bowl against the Eagles to hide. Last year, it was Tony, who was inactive today, or yesterday. This year, it was Hardman. Hide him right behind. Make the corner's eyes go inside. It's brilliant. It's perfect. It was wide open. As soon as I saw that, uh, as soon as I saw Hardman break out to the flats after that motion, I just go, damn it. (laughs) Verbally. You you knew it was going to the flats. I mean, pick plays. We've seen Julian Edelman. I mean, you this is how you score by throwing the football in the goal line. It's either a pick play or really good motion. They didn't have, I mean, yeah. you look at Travis Kelsey, he didn't even have to touch the guy. Like it was such a well drawn up play that beat the defensive call that you knew it was going to be a touchdown and it was over. You kind of felt that when he got that first down with uh, inside the five, it was like, well, they got too many downs to score and close this game. And they ended up doing that. And, Another championship goes to KC. And because, of course, we spent the very beginning of the show talking about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, which is true, Patrick Mahomes wouldn't be here without that defense that Kansas City has of being able to uh, force field goals from the Niners, force a fumble, uh, just playing really damn good football. And Chris Jones making Brock Purdy throw early on third and four in overtime the series before where Jawan Jennings was about to break open at that pylon, but Chris Jones had six pressures on the night and half of those pressures were under two seconds. Brock Purdy didn't have a ton of time right there. It it was half a beat later. Maybe it's another touchdown for the Niners and that changes up a little bit of the the dynamic there uh, in uh, overtime. But let's let's get to that about overtime because today's title of the show, something that I feel very passionate about, that the 49ers committed coaching malpractice in the Super Bowl's most critical moment that led to the Chiefs win is because Kyle Shanahan and the Niners won the overtime coin toss and decided to receive the ball first. So did some uh, you know Twitter gazing this morning, and I saw this from The Ringer. Uh, this is where The Ringer's uh, Arif Hassan published this. I'll go in chronological order. Here is the Andy Reid version of it. The Chiefs' overtime plan worked out exactly how they had hoped, and it wasn't by accident. Kansas City safety Justin Reid told the ringer that the Chiefs had first discussed the new overtime rules as far back as training camp. D-lineman Chris Jones told Hassan that players were prepared uh, for what to expect at the Super Bowl went into overtime. Quote from Jones, We talked through this for two weeks, how we was going to give the ball to the opponent if they scored. We was going for two at the end of the game. We rehearsed it. And then you've got Kyle Shanahan's we was. player. We was. I mean, hey, look, I'm just 
quoting the quote. I know, I know. I, you're just reading. I get it. But I'm just reading. Damn. I'm just reading what the man said. Uh, look, he, he went to Mississippi State, so you can take all. This oh, there we go. Now we, through. yeah, we knew that. We knew. We, yeah. Okay, makes perfect sense. Now it okay makes perfect sense. You you can you can move forward. We cracked the case. All right. The 49ers did not do the same. Multiple Niners players said after the game they were not aware of the overtime rules are different in the playoffs than they are in the regular season, and strategy discussions on, over how to handle the overtime period did not occur as a team. D lineman Arik Armstead said he learned the details of the postseason rule when it was shown on the Allegiant Stadium Jumbotron during a TV timeout after regulation. Fullback Kyle Juszczyk said he assumed the Niners asked to receive when they won the toss because that's what you do in the regular season when a touchdown wins the game. I guess that's not the case, Juszczyk said. I don't really know the strategy. So, my goodness, that is coaching malpractice right there from the San Francisco 49ers. But Kyle Shanahan was asked about it post-game, and here's what the head coach of San Fran had to say. Uh, it's just something we talked about with, you know, there, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. Ah. So we wanted the ball third. Like, what are you worrying about third for? Like, you got to be able to get the, the ball and use your advantage. So, Zach, I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, I think coaching malpractice, the title holds true here. The Chiefs knew about this rule, rule, rule because that's why the rule was created, right? The 49ers had nothing to do with this rule. And if players are saying they didn't know about the rule, I looked the rule up to start overtime. I Googled it. I made sure I understood the ins and outs because on the broadcast, they said the same thing that, and and even, you know, you look at what the referee said, we start a new game. What does that mean? I, I've never heard that. That was the first time I'd ever heard in overtime, we're starting a new game. So I went to Google. Now, players don't have this luxury, right? They can't go get on their cell phones and Google it like we all do. But I made sure I understood the rule. And I actually thought about that. I was like, maybe that's probably not the right strategy. Now, initially, I feel like in the stadium, when whoever wins the coin toss, it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to get the ball. That's probably not the best strategy. Now, here is something that I think you could combat that with. The 49ers defense could have been gassed, right? Mm -hmm. They had just been on the field for, and I'd have to look up the, the number of plays, but it was probably like close to 10. That could have been the strategy, right? Is that our defense was so gassed from the drive prior that they needed a break. And, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, so... uh obviously Zach's uh, Wi-Fi not having the best of days. Maybe the Wi-Fi is hung over uh, from Super Bowl Sunday. I but I went to Mississippi State, I guess. Maybe maybe so. I don't know if you want to switch to a hotspot or something. I can carry the, the show for the, the time being. But uh, I think it, it's pretty clear to me that the spin of Kyle Shanahan, I'll play it one more time for what Kyle Shanahan said about the overtime decision after the game. Uh, it's just something we talked about with – 
you know, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. So I, I blatantly disagree uh, with that decision by Kyle Shanahan. So um, I, I've got reasons why, but I do want to get the, uh, the audience more involved this morning. Hopefully uh, Zach's connection has cleaned up a little bit here. So let's ask this question, Zach. What's the biggest reason why the 49ers lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs? What is the biggest reason why the 49ers lost the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs? But first, I'm going to tell everybody about our great friends at Krebs Kubota. They are an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the mid-states. Uh, that means elite Kubota dealer means they have the best equipment, the best warranties in the industry when it comes to getting your equipment. They also have the best customer service because the Krebs family name has been doing this for 18-plus years. You don't just become a family-owned operating company and last 18 years in the equipment business and expand from one location in Columbia to two more adding Franklin and Murfreesboro along the way. The Krebs uh, group, they do it phenomenally well, uh, making sure that you have the right relationship for your equipment. So whatever whatever it is, big or small, around your home, around your property, for your business, you need to buy the equipment, you need to rent it for a weekend project, they got you covered. Check them out online at KrebsKubota.com. A to Z Sports, I switched over to a hotspot. We'll see if that works. So now we can uh, complain instead of uh, one provider, another provider. But uh, one provider that can help you uh, win some money, maybe it helps you last night, is BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app today. Bonus code ATOZ Sports, the king of sportsbook. They can hook you up. I uh, won some and lost some last night. I lost more than I won because I was on the 49ers money line. I was on the under, which helped. But lots of bets going out. Christian McCaffrey did not get the rushing yards that I needed, and Travis Kelsey didn't get in the end zone. But I thank BetMGM for giving me the opportunity and got some boosts. You got NBA action still ahead, college basketball on the horizon, so download the app today. All right, so what was the biggest reason why the Niners lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl yesterday? I want Zach, uh, I'll send you to the chat here, and then I'll go deeper into why I still think it's because of this terrible coaching decision that Kyle Shanahan had in overtime to not give the ball to Kansas city first. But uh, what's the chat saying this morning on the, uh, on the biggest reason why. Yeah. Eric, Eric gets the love of the show. I got that Niners Wi-Fi. starts strong, then goes weak. Uh, that's kind of how I, I, I feel so far. Uh, let's see here. What was the biggest reason uh, missed extra point. I, this is something that had that did change the trajectory of the game, right? And how both sides played the game because the Chiefs went down there and scored. Then the 49ers came down there, and as a three point game, that's a big difference, right? So, Randy, right. I, I think coming in there, Chiefs defense uh, coming in there from Deborah, play calling in overtime, blocked extra point, red zone offense. Uh, not aggressive enough in the fourth quarter and overtime. Third quarter play calling from King. Purdy uh, game management from Stevie. Soft zone defense, plain and simple. That's why they lost from TJ. The punt returner turnover. That that definitely was impactful, right? Turnovers gave the Chiefs a touchdown boom like that. Yeah. So on that one, let's give Ray Ray McLeod some credit here. 
he had to, like, because I, 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 as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, that guy's going to be victimized by a lot of people who didn't see it, that it went off his teammate's foot, right? And so, like, Ray Ray McLeod, why are you trying to pick that football up on that uh, punt return? Uh, so, I, I get, you know, I want to make that clear so Ray Ray doesn't just uh, have nightmares about that for the rest of his life. So, he had to do what he had to do there. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's only fair. Upon further review, that's absolutely correct. Um, yes. Greenlaw's Achilles snap. That was very impactful, right? Now, one player, but he is that guy. I mean, he was, he's was he been making plays all year round, and that's devastating for that happen. You know what that is but a that's product not the reason of? Why, no, 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 no. And that's Jody's comment. That's a, on the coach. You go back to coaching malpractice, Austin. A coach making sure his players are not too hyped up. Because yep. if you saw him, that's why he got injured. He was so just ready to get back in there. And that's a coach saying, calm nerves. The Chiefs had been there before numerous times. The 49ers, there had been a gap before they had been to the Super Bowl. That's on the coach. Yeah, I agree. And if you go go back and watch the Kansas City Chiefs' first three offensive plays, watch after the play was over. Dre Greenlaw was flexing, juiced up, loud, shaking his head, headbutting a teammate. And I immediately go, he's going to wear himself out like real fast. But in, in that, it was because he was too jacked up and he had to, that quick move and popped the Achilles. You hate to see it, but I, I completely agree with you on that one. And Steven says, you know, simply one team has Patrick Mahomes and the other one doesn't. And Austin, in these big games, Stephen Wood is absolutely correct. Isn't it? those playmakers that we see year in and year out make a difference in the biggest games. Sure. That is my answer. Like, I'll just go ahead and give my answer. Uh, Cause Steven Wood says it it's Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is better than you. And he always has been right. Like with hit with you giving him the football, you could sit there and say the 49ers. I, I spoke about it early on and say like the 49ers have got to beat the chiefs. And they had opportunities in the red zone to capitalize, but they came away with field goals. And that's not going to cut it. That You are not going to beat the defending Super Bowl champions with field goals when Patrick Mahomes is on the other side of the football. So, Stephen Wood, one team has Patrick Mahomes and the other one doesn't. That has been proven game after game after game that we've seen. Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game. The biggest play of the game, whoop, drop. Third down, dime, over the top to seal it. He makes the plays that nobody else does and that Brock Purdy couldn't because Brock Purdy on that third down could have sealed the game. Third and four, the 49ers could have closed it out. Those yeah, well, are the type Chris of Jones plays. Away. It, th but those are the type of plays that – Patrick Mahomes seems to always makes make and the other ones don't. Look, Mahomes, you know, I he didn't win the MVP until the very end, right? Like it was like Patrick Mahomes was well, who won the game at the no, very I, end. No, I understand. That's what I'm saying. But he wasn't that great. Like there was a time when Tony Romo uh, was complimenting Patrick Mahomes after he made an inaccurate throw because of he felt the arm. He feels everything. Like we know Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal, but he wasn't playing that great early on. He throws the pick 
on the first drive of the third quarter that was absolutely atrocious. He was getting hit early. He was making a couple bad decisions on running, using his legs, and when the clock was running down in regulation, there was there was some not great Patrick Mahomes decisions. But in the end, he overcame it and he made when the, he had a when the lights drive. are the brightest. When the lights are the brightest, no one cares about your interceptions. Nobody cares about your poor decisions in the first and second quarter. They care about the fourth and overtime, totally. and that's where yes. Patrick Mahomes singularly always thrives always right but here's my my biggest reason why the Niners lost was because of their head coach Kyle Shanahan I'm not going to butcher the saying but the whole thing about fool me once and fool me twice and how about three times how about three times for Kyle Shanahan being in this situation and coming up over double digit lead in all three Super Bowls as an offensive coordinator or head coach and he's over three this is not just like, a, oh, man, that was a historical comeback by Tom Brady, 28-3. Oh, uh, well, it's because he had Jimmy G. Oh, uh, no, okay. No, this is a Kyle Shanahan thing. Kyle Shanahan blew it again for the third time. And it's not just about the overtime. I'm going to go in on the overtime thing too. But what are you doing for the first two drives you have of the second half, throwing the ball six consecutive times and gaining negative two yards? Then he ran the ball once, which was the most predictable Derrick Henry handoff situation you could possibly expect to get zero yards. Now you got to throw it. So you start the second half by throwing the football uh, eight out of nine times and you gain negative two yards. And so I think it's just, it's, it's a Kyle Shanahan thing that he gets super tight in the rear end at the worst possible moment because he is a brilliant mind. He is really damn good. He has a coaching tree that everybody wants a piece of for a reason. But in the moment, it's not about your coaching tree. It's not about what you do on in the week. It's not about how good you are at scheming things up. It's about keeping yourself cool and knowing the situations and how to put yourself in the right place in those situations. And Kyle Shanahan is whiffed 0 for 3 times now. And I want to go back and play his, his uh, audio or video about what he said about wanting the third possession in overtime and just why that's flat out wrong. Uh, it's just something we talked about with, you know, there, none of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it would be better. We wanted the ball third. Um, if both teams matched and scored, we wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win, and um, we got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal, and if, if we did, then we thought it was in our hands after that. Every college football fan watching that game knows that if both teams get a possession in overtime, you want the ball second. <laughs> We've been through this a million times for generations. You want the ball second so you know and have the best ability to dictate how that's going to go. Because he said we wanted the ball third. Well, Chris Jones just already uh, exposed that. We were going to go for two at the end of the game if they scored uh, a touchdown first, right? So Kyle Shanahan played himself. Here's also, let's just take the same exact drive, Zach. The same drives the Niners had and the same drive that the Chiefs had in overtime and flip them. Let's say the Chiefs got the ball. It's fourth and one in your own territory. I still think, I still think the Chiefs go for it on fourth down, but you have to at least make them think it, right? Then they get down there. They start, you know, getting close and close. Now you're on, what, third down is when they scored the touchdown. So you're still having to make them make decisions. And they score a touchdown, right? But here's where it's different. Look at the Niners drive. Let's say the Chiefs go down there, the exact same drive, score a touchdown after going for it on fourth down like they did. The Niners have third and four 
at the nine yard line. They aren't taking a shot at the end zone on third and four from the nine. They've got two downs because they have to get a touchdown. They got two downs to get four yards to set up another set of four more downs for first and goal at the five or inside. That is why Kyle Shanahan is blatantly wrong with all this strategy. I don't know who his analytics guys are, but that's not a good way to play that thing. You want the ball second in that situation so you have the best ability to match or get what you have to have in those first two possessions so there isn't a third possession. Right? Am I I wrong? I think this, no, no, you're, you're right. The, I thought it was third and four, right? Third and four. This is your crucial down. They are on the nine Nine. yard line. Yeah. Right. I thought now, I don't know why I thought this. I thought they were going to run the football. I thought that this, you're going to put yourself into a, just another situation of decision-making to possibly, if you get it to first down, if you don't, it's probably going to be fourth and three, two, or one, right? Christian McCaffrey probably going to get you one or two yards. May not get the first down, but now you're at fourth and two, fourth and one inside your own 10-yard line and are inside their own 10-yard line. And now I think you're a little bit more justified to go for it on fourth down because the Chiefs then have to drive 90 yards. Now, they got a field goal if you miss it. Yeah. But you take all of that away going back to what you're saying is the decision of not playing defense first. But Austin, I would say this, and this is what I, I mentioned earlier. I do think that the defense being gassed was impactful in that decision. Now, yeah, he hasn't matter. said that. I I, I I believe that because that was a long drive for the the 49ers defense. It was 11 plays, 64 yards. They were on the field for uh, 11 plays the drive before. Yeah, but it was a, in a minute 50. And we know uh, this. Like, no, no, no. A, a minute 50 is like 15 minutes when it comes down to that. But, but Zach, <laughs> like, yes. But we also know that the over the break between overtime into regulation and start of overtime for the Super Bowl is a lot longer because you got to squeeze extra commercials in there to get that. It's extra not revenue, it's right? not like halftime. That, that but, doesn't but matter. Does it, but that, the you're missing the point here. Gassed. It doesn't matter. I don't, doesn't I, don't matter. I don't think that that justifies it everything. It shouldn't matter. But that I definitely because think they, it influenced it. It shouldn't because you still want to know do I have four downs every set of downs because I have to have a touchdown or do I just have to play for a field goal? That's the difference maker. It's it doesn't matter if Patrick Mahomes scores one play, two plays, seventy yards for a touchdown in overtime, or if they go twelve plays for a touchdown in overtime. You still know what you have to have on the other side of it. It's still the wrong decision. Third series, you, your defense is gassed. I don't give a damn. It's wrong, and he lost his third Super Bowl. Because no, I, I I understand that. I think a bigger X factor is what Chris Jones mentioned is. You not only get four downs to score, you get the extra down to win, right? Yeah. You get you have now as a coach. What do you want? You want the decisions. You don't want other guys, especially Andy Reid, multi Super Bowl winning head coach, taking your decisions away from you. And that's essentially what happened. So uh, pass happy, which I don't get. Like the fool me once, fool me again. Why are you getting pass happy with you know Brock why? Purdy and you, you know traded why? 
the best Christian McCaffrey. I, I, again, I was paying attention to this because I had him over 90 rushing yards, and he didn't get there because they wouldn't run the damn football. It's it's because it's be, the Patrick Mahomes turnover, right? He threw an interception to start the half. They didn't and get the, any points the, off of it. No, I know. You know why? Why did he get pass happy? Because everybody knows, ooh, turnover, kill shot, right? It's he got instead of instead of playing and getting yardage and getting yourself in a scoring position, he got that Patrick Mahomes interception and they, they threw a short pass incomplete on first down, but they wanted to go deep. They, they wanted did to, to Debo shot. and it was incomplete. Good yes. coverage. Too. Right. And so it, they wanted that kill shot after the Pat uh, INT and the chiefs are ready for it because the chiefs don't give up kill shots. The longest play for the Niners all game long was the swing pass to McCaffrey that was 24 Trick yards point. and it was all ca- it was all catch and run. And so yeah. no not that not even that one not even the touchdown from Jawan Jennings it was the the one in overtime when Purdy you know ditched it out there on third and have to have it or whatever it was. And so Kyle Shanahan lost the game. That and when I'm when I'm looking at this and I'm reading these quotes from Eric uh, Armstead learning the new rules on the jumbotron and Kyle Uzcheck who is an all pro fullback who's been around this thing for a while, said he assumed because it's a, it's what you do in the regular season. I guess that's not the case. I don't really know the strategy. That is an indictment on Kyle Shanahan for not having his team prepared. And then you go look at all the Chiefs players saying, we talked about this in training camp. You know what the, funny, you know what the funniest part of this, this whole thing? We talked about this in training camp. Every Chiefs player, except for McCall Hardman, because McCall Hartman was with the Jets. <laughs> That's the funniest part of all this. He wasn't there. He didn't talk about yeah. it. Robert Sala all... doesn't practice that. He, no, he's, he he's not going to get into these situations. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I, I very confidently feel that it's about Kyle Shanahan here. So, you say the biggest reason why is because Patrick Mahomes was the guy and he is the guy to go down there and win the game. But Kyle Shanahan gave him the opportunity to do that when he could have had the opportunity in his hands, in his decision-making, uh, but he botched it for the third time. Yeah. I, history shows what happens and both things are true. Kyle Shanahan in big games, not very good. And Patrick Mahomes in big games, very, very good. Yes, uh, no doubt about that. All right, Zach, let's go get to this. We like to do this every Monday after the Super Bowl. What was the best and the worst part about the Super Bowl uh, versus Chiefs and 49ers? What was the best and worst part about the Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the 49ers? But first, tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, FBHP.com is where to go to get your new health plan. I got my new health plan uh, a number of years ago, and I'm glad that I did. Health, dental, and vision. Farm Bureau Health Plans can help and has helped Tennesseans all across the state for over 75 years. 200-plus locations with a ton of agents across the state of Tennessee. If you are a Tennessean, this is something that you need to look at. For you and your family, I'm glad that me and my family did this. Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee, they've been a great partner. They continue to be a great partner for A to Z Sports. That's why we endorse them. All you got to do is get a health assessment, and then you get a quote. Once you get a quote, you assess the health assessment, you assess the quote, and you decide. You don't, you're not forced to do anything. I looked at it, and I said, look, I'm saving 20% every single month, and it's a better health plan than I previously had. 
I'm glad that I did it. That's Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee, fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Visit online today. All right, also with BetMGM, you can win big with that first bet offer. That's A-T-O-Z Sports. That's the bonus code you need to use uh, when you sign up with the BetMGM app because you get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if that first bet misses. So check them out and download that uh, that app because it's basketball season. It's hoop times. This is when I always win big with BetMGM each and every year. Uh, February College Hoops is my go-to right there. So download the app, use our code ATOZ Sports, and you get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligible requirements. First online room money wager only. Awards issued not double bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days. And for problem game sport, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. Zach, I'll send you to the chat. Best and worst. What was the best and worst part of the Super Bowl uh, yesterday between the Chiefs and the Niners? What's the chat saying here? This is fun because you get all things. You go halftime, you go commercials, you go all this. Uh, American Tough goes Dunkings. Talking about Ben Affleck, Tom Brady, and Matt Damon. That was really good. Uh, Worst was the Chiefs winning. Usher was the best. We'll talk about Usher and his performance it had throwback vibes that made me feel like I was in high school, I think in a good way. I thought it was a, a very good halftime show. Um, a good game. Scott says the best part. I mean, it was a good game. Sometimes you don't get good games. Best yeah, commercial. so you made the thumbnail. You made the thumbnail say overtime thriller. And Jacob on Twitter is like, thriller is a stretch. And I'm like, what? Like, there was, there were like 12 seconds away from double overtime in the Super Bowl. Like, who's. Who doesn't think that was an there overtime? There was literally like 25 minutes where you had no idea who was going to win the game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it may not have been 50 to 54, but it was, a, yeah. I mean, I, I characterized that, I thought, uh, correctly. Uh, worst was the halftime performance. Uh, I mean, that was that. Uh, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial uh, was the best. The worst was New Dynasty, uh, which is the Chiefs, I guess. Alicia Keys from Pig right there. Uh, Juwan Jennings balling at best, getting the game-winning drive was the worst by Patrick Mahomes. The <laughs> uh, I'm not going to read that one. Uh, let's see. Best part uh, was the defense showed up to play for the most part. Jake also says Alicia Keys. The worst was Kelsey bumping uh, old man Reed. I wanted to ask you this. Fair or foul, Travis Kelsey doing that to Andy Reed. They kept showing it in frustration after Pacheco fumbled and Kelsey wasn't in the game. I mean, you, it's, it's always fair. Foul. Or foul. It's always foul for how over the top Travis Kelsey was, but I also think it's very blown out of proportion. <laughs> like, I don't think Travis Kelsey and Andy Reed are going to remember that or care about it. Now. I think it's like, they, Way out of proportion is what the reaction gap. Of course, it was foul. Like, you shouldn't do that. I think with certain relationships and Travis Kelsey being who Travis Kelsey is, he's an emotional player. That was a sign of emotion. I think it's fair. I I think Andy Reid reacted as if it was fair because he just didn't care. Yeah, he didn't didn't care. But he still uh, shouldn't do it. Like, you still should not, like, just shoulder check your your 66-year-old head coach. That's that should not be anything. You yeah. Ever but do. we also don't know why, like, 
you know, they know the ins and outs and the nuances of the play calls and what that was. So we don't know why truly Travis Kelsey, because no, but you shouldn't show check in like you shouldn't like put him into the boards like you're playing hockey like well hey you gotta make sure that he feels you (laughs) so he doesn't do it again Uh, dropped all of these dropped the waffle house menu and everything you got uh deadpool 3 so you had a lot of uh promotion of uh, of different movies i'm gonna get to mine which did have to do with the commercials but uh austin what is your you can go best or worst yeah well if i'm gonna say i'm gonna start with the worst Tony Romo sucks. Tony Romo's not any good. Like he's not like Tony Romo's announcing career is going exactly how his pro football career went. He comes out strong. You're like, Oh my gosh, this guy's so fun. And then he gets boring. Now you're like, Oh, now he's just annoying. Tony Romo ruined the end of that game. Jim Nance tried to do what you're supposed to do when a championship is won and you're on the television broadcast. You shut up. You stop talking. You let the moment breathe. You want to hear the actual sound that's going on between the players, the fans, the reaction. You want to hear the embracing. You want to know all of this stuff. But Tony Romo would not stop talking. And as soon as that game was over, I'm like, thank God. Now we don't have to hear Romo just just give like rambling analysis nonstop. Like, he is. I, I wonder if CBS regrets the long-term contract of what he got paid because he's getting worse at his job. It's no longer cute. It's no longer new and fresh. It is now just overbearing. Tony Romo and the Timu commercials were tied for the most annoying things throughout that entire broadcast. Tony Robo, you're absolutely correct. And you know what they called this early on is Tommy Romo was so good out of the gates because he was teaching us about the game because he just left the game. Well, the game has passed him right now that he hadn't played in a long, long time. The schemes are different and he doesn't give you the same value in my opinion. Right. It was cool when he would say, I, I thought it was very impressive when he's like, up, oh, you've got two, uh, you got, Two eye coverage. This is what's going to happen. You've got Kelsey in the flat because this is the play that you should call if you're a head coach based on the coverage. He's doing less of that, and he's he's just fumbling. Like he's a character. He's become yeah. a caricature of himself. Like I, I think his I think his analysis is still fine. I think how quickly he can diagnose what happened with the defense and the coverage and all this stuff is still valuable. But now he's he's got he's being overridden by him saying, "Oh, Mister Irrelevant or Irrelevant, Irrelevant," re, and and Jim's like, "We got you, Tony. I think we all know what you mean." And then like, at the very end, like, "I love you, I love you, I love you, Jim." And Jim just like, "Love you too, Tony." Like you know, has to like he had to say it back because Tony just said, "I love you" on the Super Bowl post game broadcast. Like it's so bad, it's so bad. All right, I'm going to start with my best. And this is something that I did not feel got the credit it deserved. Because I think singularly, this was the best commercial, I think, in the last several years. I laughed out loud. And maybe it's because of my age and what it made me think about. But Michael Sarah doing this commercial was hilarious. 
this was the best commercial like him pitching this to the board and like him massaging him his, mike sarah massaging sarah like it was funny it it like he has a beard now which is kind of weird right we hadn't <laughs> yeah, seen him too. in a while like he's halfway grown up but he still looks like you know he's 15 like michael sarah in the sarah v commercial was the funniest like i laughed and it was early on that was the best part that set the tone it actually like made my spirits a little high i looked it up on twitter there's an extended version which is oh, even funnier yeah. and so like that that is my best and it was not it had nothing to do with the game not the halftime show it was michael sarah he made me laugh on a Sunday that I would not otherwise laugh because there are some bad commercials, just like there always is. But I, you know, to, to fork out the money of a moisturizing cream, you know, the five to $7 million, I also give kudos, but that was the best part to me. It was good. It was very good. My, I, I will, while we're on the topic, my favorite commercial, just because it's a pan personal was the Christopher Walken commercial of just everybody trying to do his impression because I truly believe that's what happened to Chris. That's what happens to him in his daily life. He just, he just walks by and people just doing him and he's just like, yeah, yeah, that, I'm, that's me. Yes. And it, I thought that was, cause that reminded me of like in college when you're sitting in your living room and you're watching a Christopher Walken movie and then, then everybody just bounces off the room for the next hour of doing yeah. it. And then you're like, okay, all right, we need to stop so we can just move on with our day. But I, I thought that was the best commercial overall. To the worst, and you mentioned it, I thought this meme was pretty funny. It was Timu, their marketing manager, buying three ads during the Super Bowl, just lighting lighting the money on fire. That got annoying. It wasn't a great commercial. It was it, really nobody had really heard of the, the company. And like, yeah, I, th that I thought was the worst. What did you think about the halftime show? Because I, you get a little bit mixed reviews. It wasn't like, oh, that halftime show was awful. I don't think I saw, I don't think I really saw any of that. I, I compare it, and this is, I thought Rihanna was superb last year. That was a mm -hmm. top Super Bowl performance with what she did and just the high flying being all, all over the field. I that was one of the best Super Bowl halftimes that I think I can remember. Prince was pretty awesome too. But I thought Usher was good. I thought he was good. Like I wouldn't say like it was great. I thought he was good though. It was good no, to see it was old very little John and Ludacris. <laughs> yeah, I mean Butch Jones had a hell of a night with that third down for what comeback and a Juwan Jennings stuff. But I, I I thought it was very good. Like in Halftime shows at the Super Bowl are all about the nostalgia that you get from a particular set of audience, right? And we've talked about this in the past. I can't remember if it was last year, if it was uh, the LA Super Bowl when you had Snoop and Dre and that whole group come in. Like, I, to me, that one is the one that I'm going to remember the longest. I'm going to remember Prince and I'm going to remember the LA Snoop and Dre West Coast rap halftime the longest and refer back to those. I'll, I'm going to forget everything else in between. I, yes, Rihanna did it by herself last year. I do remember that because it was just 366 days ago. So I, I know that, but Usher was really good because he hit our generation's middle school and high school. And that's what they're trying to target that because I heard those songs that 
we played at you know the prom or or whatever else that puts you in that moment of nostalgia. And then you see Luda come out with a big fro because the last time we've seen Luda's on his commercials with State Farm and he's got a shaved head and all that. So you see you see Lil John, you see everybody, Alicia Keys, great. Like it's just really good. And Usher yeah. still got it. Now he's been doing this in Vegas this whole time. He's been doing his show there, but uh, he's still got it. It actually spurred me to go look at the history of the Super Bowl or halftime show, and it's kind of funny of what what the strategy is, and it all uh, it all goes back to money. After Janet Jackson, they went super old, like Paul McCartney, The Who, Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty. Yeah. Like they were targeting the fifty year old crowd, maybe late forties to fifty year old crowd. Now that they've gone more older pop and R&B, they're targeting 30 and 40-year-olds that have disposable income that when they watch those commercials will go purchase what they are actually advertising for. So, like, yes. it's all psychology. That's what advertising yep. is, which is pretty – I'm infatuated by it. But, like, that's – you can see what they're doing, and the 30 and 40-year-olds are just – diving into the Rihanna, the Usher, the Snoop Dogg that we all grew up with at that point because now we you know, have wives and kids and have money because we're in the midst of our careers. Yeah, and then and then people like Rooney showed the rage in a comment like, you need some rock and roll at halftime. Def Leppard, ACDC, Kiss. Like, you know, they've they done did that. that. They, they did, did that it. already. They did it. And now like all of those people probably – aren't pulling off the same type of shows in their current age, like Usher is in his current age. Like, and I, look, I thought it was really good. Like, is it the best of all time? I don't know. Is it the worst of all time? Absolutely not. Like it was very good, but I the think everybody gets, was impressive. Like, yeah. Roll, like that. I thought that was really unique. That was good. Yes. It absolutely was good. Uh, A to Z sports here live on uh, this, uh, this uh, Monday reacting to the Super Bowl. I got, I haven't gone to my official best yet, uh, but I've done my worst, which was Tony Romo. I'm going to get to my best here from uh, last night's game, Super Bowl 58, the Chiefs winning over the Niners. More of your best and worst here in a second. But first, the Bone and Joint Institute is where you should go whenever that injury pops up in life. You never want to have that injury just linger, linger, linger. That sucks. So go get it checked out and use all of the experts at the Bone and Joint Institute under one roof with all the resources in Franklin, right off of I-65. So whenever you've got an injury, go get it checked out. They've got the clinics, the uh, imaging, all the different surgery centers, and the rehab under one roof off I-65 in Franklin with over a dozen experts that can help you out regardless of what your injury is. If it's you, if it's your son or daughter playing youth sports or just life in general, the Bone & Joint Institute will help you out. Easy to book an appointment at boneandjointtn.org. It is eSports. We are powered by BetMGM. We love BetMGM. I would hold up my phone, but it's propped up with my hotspot, and I'm not going to touch it because I feel like I have improved over the course uh, of my – yeah, there you go. Austin will. Download the app today right there on BetMGM in your Apple or Android app store. Bonus code ATOZ Sports. They got great bonus bets for the big game over the, uh, the, the weekend and yesterday. They've got more bonus and promotions heading into – NBA All-Star Weekend, college basketball play as, as March Madness is right around the corner. Bet MGM, download the app. They're a great sponsor here on our A to Z Sports Morning Show. All right, so uh, I will admit I wanted the Niners to win the Super Bowl. I have Patrick Mahomes fatigue. I have Travis Kelsey fatigue. It had nothing to do with Taylor Swift. I like Andy Reid. 
but I, I, I am over Patrick Mahomes winning trophies and his defense not getting as, as much credit as they deserve. And Patrick Mahomes is the only thing it's talking about. I am over that. But so my best thing about that game was kind of a personal connection of watching Jawan Jennings have the type of game that he did on the world's biggest stage. I just thought that was cool. And Zach, you and I got our start in our careers kind of covering high school football. And I thought I was about to witness a Super Bowl MVP that I covered in, as a high school athlete. Because if Chris Jones didn't beat his man that quickly, I think Brock Purdy was going to throw his second touchdown pass to Jawan Jennings in that end zone. And I thought Jawan Jennings with three total touchdowns was the shoe-in for the Niners champion MVP selection. Because everybody in that press box was watching how well Juwan Jennings was playing and how impactful he was in that game. And I think Juwan is somebody who's just a freaking good football player. He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He's not the best route runner. But he's just a really good football player. He blocks. He draws penalties on the defense. He makes incredible catches. He makes missed tackles created. He almost blocked a punt early in the game. I don't know if people saw that or not. He got pretty close on that. And then he threw a touchdown pass in the game. I would That was my best thing was because I was watching that. And I watched Juwan Jennings as a senior at, at, uh, at Blackman when he was the quarterback and the starting safety, playing every snap, scoring six touchdowns, and carrying his team to a win against a good independence team. And I was like, man, that Juwan Jennings, I'm glad that he earned a bunch of money. Because he's a seventh-round pick. People doubted him. He earned a bunch of money. Well, Austin, he had to step up because one guy who really wasn't talked about was nowhere to be found. The last two games, where's George Kittle? Two, two receptions, 27 yards against the Lions. Two receptions, four yards in the Super Bowl. George Kittle's supposed to be the guy. He's supposed to be the man. He's supposed to be in the same sentence as Travis Kelsey. He's nowhere to be found. So Juwan Jennings did what George Kittle, and look, you talk about a shoulder injury. He didn't hurt his shoulder till late. They did not target George Kittle. Am I a little upset because I had him over 46 receiving yards? Yeah, I am. But, but that's why I was paying attention. They didn't, they didn't target him. They didn't get him involved. He was nowhere to be. And so Jennings, to his credit, because you have to credit Jennings, they adapted, and he was the focal point. But very disappointed in George Kittle, of who's supposed to be this unbelievable top five tight end, and over the last two weeks, he'd been a bottom five tight end. I, but I don't think that means George Kittle's playing bad. I, I think George Kittle... George Kittle, if you are going to be the man at tight end, you... You you can you got to do more than block. We all know that George Kittle is an unbelievable run blocker, right? He like he's good pass protection, right? But George Kittle in the tight end position today, I really thought that that impacted negatively the 49ers offense because Debo goes down with an injury. Now he came back, but he's obviously not a hundred percent. You've got to rely on the guys, and George Kittle, I thought over the last two weeks was very disappointing. Right, but I also look at, you know, the Niners also had a couple uh, O-line injuries as well, so that means Kittle had to block longer, like Brock Purdy was getting pressured, which means, but that's that's what the that's what George Kittle represents. Like, George Kittle is not like the Travis Kelsey numbers tight end. 
He is the all-around he's tight end. More, he's two receptions for four yards no, and a, two receptions yeah. for 27 yards. That's not George Kittle. For sure. But why I never bet George Kittle props is because it's inconsistent. He's either getting three catches for 75 yards and two touchdowns or like one or two for 10 to 20. And because this is the game that you get 75 yards. If if you're the man, look, we talk about George Kittle being a top five tight end. I don't like your, your, your retort. I agree with to a degree, right? Like I understand the, the highs and lows of George Kittle. What I'm saying is, is that we talk about George Kittle in the top five air. And if you're going to be talked about like that in the biggest moments, you have to play like that. But I also think I don't hold that against George Kittle. I think that is what the Niners needed George Kittle to do in that particular game. Like no, they needed, they needed him. They needed him to make plays. <laughs> if, he, well, he, he then they would have. Then they would have called direct plays for George Kittle, but they didn't. That's my if, point. If you are a top five tight end, like we speak of George Kittle, you find it's just like Kelsey. Kelsey was so aggravated because he had one target for one yard on a screen pass in the second play of the game. And that's why he went up and chest bumped and started yelling at his coach, said, give me the damn ball. And now he, he, that, he chest bumped his coach because Noah Gray missed the block that created the Pacheco fumble. And Kelsey was on the sideline yeah, saying, he, I would have made that block. It, well, and that that Travis Kelsey stirs the drink because he's a top five tight end, top tight end. Right. What what I'm saying is, is that we speak of George Kittle in this air. I just think that he needs to play and you can block, even if he had four, four targets for 57 yards or 50 yards, you can't have four yards. That's my problem. I agree. Like I agree. And I don't know when the shoulder injury happened, but he came back out and and when they put number nine in there, on that one play that nine was in there holding nine. And I, I oh, oh, who the hell is that guy? Something bad's going to happen with him. And it did. So, and I saw Orlando says, use check got all of Kittle's uh, uh, targets. And that's what seemed like what happened is that George Kittle was needed for a different role in that game. And use check took advantage of it. And Juwan Jennings absolutely did. Juwan Jennings. I thought, do you, do you think if the Niners won that game, let's just say the chiefs, can't score in, in overtime and it and it's 22 19 do you think juan jennings is this is the mvp uh, oh yeah yeah if jo- if juan jennings scores again you, no 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 no, no no i'm saying it's 22 19 i'm saying that the niners stop the chiefs at 22 9 um yeah 22 19 yeah yeah you have yes juan jennings is mvp yeah because mccaffrey so. had 180 yards, yards and, and he caught the touchdown from Jennings, right? So Jennings has two impactful things. And Christian McCaffrey, don't get me wrong, was very impactful to yeah, 160 the game. Yards. But yeah, I think Juwan Jennings wins the MVP. I, I and he still becomes think for- like a... Uh, uh, Jennings. Juwan Jennings, man. Touchdown he's, he's pass gonna, he- and touchdown catch. Nick Foles, Juwan Jennings and Nick Foles for all of your future trivia questions at trivia night uh, in your, um, in your life. Juwan Jennings, Nick Foles, the only two players in NFL history to catch and throw a touchdown in a Super Bowl. The old Niners spe- special now. Yeah. Good thing. We're right. not well, it was that. a Butch Jones special. It was the same thing he threw to Josh Dobbs against Florida uh, back in the day. 
And look, those Tennessee lost that game just like the Niners lost that one too. So, all right, Zach, let's go ahead and get to our end of show topic, which is the age game on a Monday. The keys are in your hand uh, for the age game. We'll get to that in a second. But first, shout out to Wilson County Hyundai. Speaking of keys, you can get new keys to your new ride at Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process. Save some money by seeing them in Lebanon or check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Zach, uh, my chat is hidden. So what's the age game you got here today? I think this, again, I'm, I'm not tossing you softballs, but they're not, they're not 99 mile per hours. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I think this is something that the chat can do. And I think that you can do. Okay. So I went nostalgia. We talked about nostalgia with Usher and nostalgia with my favorite commercial that I've seen in a long time, which was Michael Sarah right there moisturizing cream so that made me think well that goes back to one of my favorite movies and one of the funniest movies that i've seen in recent time and that goes back to super bad super bad mm-hmm. who is very influential in super bad is seth rogan how old is seth rogan chat how old is seth rogan the hey be quick don't hurry the first person to get it correct will be our champion this week how old is Seth Rogen? How old is Seth Rogen? Hmm. I had an age pop into my mind, but I'm trying to double check my brain. You got to make, make sure you, that you you've slipped up with going back in history. Well, yeah, I don't have, but I don't have like Seth Rogen graduated college date like I did with like Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Um, athletes are much easier for that reason. All right. I'm going to say 47 years old, Seth Rogen. 47, final A to Z? That is my final answer. So I did think you were going to do this. And because Seth Rogen looks a lot older than he actually is because he does. He he looks older, you know, usually like, Oh yeah. He's like Brad Pitt. He's lived, a lot. he's lived some life. Yeah. 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 He's done some things and some stuff. So I will say that's incorrect because Damn. I was surprised. Just- well, I, I had to, because you're not close. Um, oh. I was surprised at his age. So let's go to the chat. Let's see who got it. And I think they're going to be a little high too. Orlando, too old. Ashley, too old. Eric, too old. Jay, too old. Brent, incorrect. Jody, too old. Our girl Liz, Liz, incorrect, too old. Uh, Steven says 52, too old. Lou, too old. Too old. Uh, from Matt, Jabu, swing and a miss, too old. Jake, no. American, tough, no, too old. Jay, too old. Brad, 35, too old. We have a winner. Ronnie. Ronnie is our champion today because he got this correct. Seth Rogen is only 41. <laughs> what? Seth Rogen's 41 years old. April 15th, tax day, 1982. Mind blown. When I, I thought of the Sarah and the Rogan thing, I looked it up. I go, whoa, this Ronnie, congratulations to Ronnie. 
Ronnie is our age game champion. And Ronnie, just for you and that good looking beard you got there in your avatar, that beard would pair very nicely with some A to Z sports merch. And we're going to give you, Ronnie, 40% off of all, all of our merch if you go to shop.azsportsnational.com. You can look at the swag. You can get you a long sleeve shirt. You can get you a new hat. You can replace that hat in that photo. But Ronnie is our champion. We love you, Ronnie. Way to go, Ronnie. 41 years old is the correct answer. And Ronnie Crowder is the champion of our age God, game this crazy. week. I, I told you, March in March, we're going to redo it. March, Ronnie, you're going to go up on the big board. So it, it's not a false win. You still get credit for the win. But it's preseason the win. big board. Yeah, this is a preseason. <laughs> you're just exhibition. You're getting warmed up. But once March hits and free agency, uh, we will have a big board. So, Ronnie, congratulations. So, Yanksy Kang did exactly what I did. I knew Knocked Up was within my senior year of high school, which is 07, 08. And I thought he was at least 30 there, which is why I said 47. But he was 24. Well, you know, he used to be, it's kind of like Jonah Hill. He used to be fat, and then he lost the weight, got to Hollywood, and he got hairy, and his hair turned gray. And he kept the beard, right? So, and he's scraggly. He doesn't really care. So, like, 41. I I was surprised. A lot of life to live for Seth Rogen. Ronnie says, great birthday present. Boom. There you go, Ronnie. How about that? Happy birthday, Ronnie. Happy birthday. Uh, All right. Man, man. 41 blows my mind. So how old was he in super bad? Cause that was the super bad before or after. Let's see knocked up after super bad was like 2010. Super bad was 2007 knocked up. Had to have been earlier. Knocked Around up. The same. No knocked up was 2007. He was in a bunch of big movies year. back to back. Big year, big year. Ah. Uh. Jeez, that's crazy. All right. Well, hey, that'll do it for us. Uh, solid show on this Super Bowl reaction. We'll have more of it. A to Z sports.com is all over it. Our guy Nicholas McGee was in Vegas for the Super Bowl uh, yesterday in the locker rooms post game. Got a lot of video there, a lot of coverage on our website, A to Z sports.com from our entire team. So go check that out. Also, uh, make sure you hit that like button on the way out. We need more likes on the show. Way more people are watching that have liked that show. So we need to fix that problem. Give us a like on Facebook and on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow morning on a Tuesday. Buck Rising live tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime. Appreciate it as always. Adios.